0: Hey, my friends, before we get started this morning, I wanted to let you know that I have created a link, timdouglasinspires.com forward slash schedule now, where you can schedule a discovery call with me. If you have any questions about, you know, your life facing the storm or anything like that, you need someone just to hear where you're at and give you some, uh, maybe some direction. I'd be happy to do that go to timdouglasinspires.com forward slash schedule now to schedule a discovery call so we can just chat and love to help you, love to serve you and add value to you. So also this episode is sponsored by Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery was founded by Will Brenham, who is a 26 year Navy SEAL veteran. And he discovered CBD uh, while he was with the teams, but waited until after he retired from the teams, then um, saw great benefits from it. So he said, I got to get this in the hands of other people like me who struggled and suffered through um, just life, right? And and the storms of life. You can actually hear his podcast. I did a podcast with him just a few episodes ago. Definitely go check that out. But this episode is sponsored by Naked Warrior Recovery. Check them out. They're awesome. Will's been gracious enough to give us a code. It is Buffalo20. That'll give you 20% off your entire purchase. So go check Naked Warrior out today. That is at nw-recovery.com. Welcome to the Inspired Way Podcast. This show is designed to inspire and empower you to face the daily storms of life with passion, strength, and courage. We believe that we can be transformed by the testing of these storms growing stronger, not wavering in our faith, and a knowing that our endurance will be strengthened. And when it is all said and done, we'll be perfect and complete, body, soul, and spirit. For we seek to control the controllables and nothing more. Our goal with this show and company is to keep a posture of learning by renewing our minds daily, and taking action on what we have learned so that when the storms of life come our way, we are ready to face the storm. We we, 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 we are ready to face the storm. Hey, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Way podcast. Super excited to have you here. Today, I have uh, my guest is Ryan Hendrickson. Man, Ryan is someone who, wow, I haven't quite heard a story like his yet, and I am just blown away by his refusal to become a victim of life circumstances. And he's an author of a book called Tip of the Spear. And that is what his book is about. It's really about refusing to become a victim of life circumstances. And it's his story of his journey as a Green Beret and how he fought back from a major injury. I'll let him, I don't want to spoil any of it for you. I'll let him explain what happens To him and uh, how he fought back. Man, it's quite amazing. Talk about grit. Talk about just the desire to never quit, the desire to continue to face the storm no matter what. And we talk about that. We talk about that. Was there times when you just felt like, hey, I'm done? This is it. And um, there were some times. So, I love uh, sharing these stories because no matter what it is for us, whether it is having a conversation with a friend, whether it is you as a leader of an organization or, or over a team, you have to handle tough situations, you know, and deal with those. And so I love these stories because... Even if it's, uh, we, we may not be in the same situation as them, but we can apply these to our own lives. We can continue to face the storm and deal with things head on. So without further ado, my guest, the author of Tip of the Spear, Ryan Hendrickson. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you very
1: much. Um, it's an honor to be on and thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, man. I am excited that you're here. I'm excited to share your story with the listeners and for the listeners that are tuning in, if you're here for the first time, uh, thank you for tuning in. And if it, you're, you're here for the first time and you're wondering like, what is the Inspired Way podcast? The Inspired Way podcast is actually going the inspired way, the way of the Buffalo. And you're like, what does that really mean? Well, I learned this story several years ago and started living by this mantra of being the buffalo and facing my storms. And so I'll give you that quick story real fast. So the cow and the buffalo, they handle the storms very differently. The cow sees the storm coming. The cow will run the opposite direction, trying to avoid the storm by doing so by trying to avoid the storm, the storm catches them. And in in that turn, it's increasing the amount of time, stress, frustration, and pain that they have to deal with that storm. The cow on the other hand, excuse me, the buffalo on the other hand, sees the exact same storm coming, faces the storm, runs into the storm, and decreases the amount of time, stress, frustration that they have to deal with the exact same storm. And that is so true in our lives. And I, today, I'm super excited to have Ryan with us. Um, and for the listeners, man, Ryan is in Afghanistan right now uh, on deployment. So I just wanted to say thank you, Ryan, for, for um, this opportunity to, to record with you. And you're, you've gone through a major storm and, um, in your life. And I'd love for you to share that with our listeners.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I appreciate that. Uh, Afghanistan is definitely uh, a little bit a little bit different this time around, but it's uh, still <laughs> still good. So, awesome. but um, yeah, no, I've uh, I, I've definitely faced some storms in my life. Um, I guess you know the 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 one storm that actually changed my life. Um, I guess as you would say, bringing me from the cow mentality that I had adopted. Um, not always as a cow, but you know, I found myself many. times, Times, into a buffalo um, turn. It happened September twelfth, two thousand and ten, uh, in Afghanistan. Um, prior to that, you know, growing up as you know, as a kid, I mean, I've I've I've, I've had plenty of storms, but mm. uh, we don't we don't have 50, we don't have really fifteen hours to sit here and talk about it. so yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna jump into I'm gonna jump into basically um, what changed my life, and it's mm. it's gonna sound weird at times, but uh, you I, I think I think the listeners and everybody but you'll you'll kind of get what I'm what I'm talking about in the end, but. um so September 12th, so I had just graduated the Q course probably about nine months prior. And, uh, that's the, uh, qualification course to become a Green Beret. Um, <clears throat> I was on my first, uh, deployment in Afghanistan on, on our ODA and we were, uh, we were out of Aruzgan and Helmand province. So back in 2010, uh, those just real, real bad areas, uh, mm-hmm. hotbed for insurgency there. So we had a mission that we, um, we actually kicked off on September 11th, which, you know, a very good day to kick off uh, right the enemy
0: <clears throat> and Just we, a little um, reminder for them
1: yeah and so <laughs> we you know we, we, we had infilled in and we were waiting um, basically for the for the go-ahead or the green light to start our clearance of this village so at the time it was already September 12th well my job on an ODA team is as the 18 Charlie and that is the counter IED guy the guy that's finding IEDs up there with a mine detector, and um, and you know, kind of making sure the path is safe for the rest of the ODA as we uh, begin our clearance operation. Um, we ended up on the outskirts of this, this this tiny village. It it had been deserted, or so we thought along the Helmand River, and we got the green light, <clears throat> and we started our clearance. And um, I remember we were moving up to the first set of compounds, and we had oh, we had our ask Af- we had our Afghan force. With us and they knew the area pretty well and so usually a good rule of thumb is you know you have your Afghans lead the way first but it just so happened on this mission um, they they didn't want to go anywhere near these compounds and i i kind of you know i i had that feeling that something wasn't wrong or wasn't right but i didn't have the experience under my belt mm. to go with that feeling i was still you know pretty new and this was my first deployment you know actually clearing um, iads yeah. <laughs> So uh, we we had moved up closer to the first compound and I turned around to, you know, basically whisper to my team sergeant because it was still dark, said, hey, these, these guys aren't budging. They're not going to move. And um, when I turned back around, our interpreter, um, he had went up to the main entrance of one of the compounds and he was trying to motion the guys through to start our clearance of these compounds and they wouldn't move. Well, mm. um, obviously, obviously, if, uh, you know, people can understand if you lose your interpreter, then you pretty much, you can't communicate with your partner force. So my team siren told me, Hey, get him away from that compound now. And he was about 25 meters from us. So a a good distance. So Mm -hmm. I had moved down to the compound and I grabbed him out of the doorway and whispered like, Hey man, you, you need to fall back now. You have no business being up here. And I took a step backwards and this intense Flash of light and heat mm. and deafening um, blast just <clears throat> just absolutely took over my entire world. Well, with adrenaline playing a major part, I didn't know I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if we had taken um, an indirect uh, mortar round or mm-hmm. or what had happened because your mind, you know, you you see it and you've heard of people getting blown up and whatnot, but you can't compute it that close. Yeah, and so I kept. Um, I at first I, I, at first I thought I was going to suffocate because I couldn't breathe all the dust and the ammonia from the um, homemade explosives and everything. And I was, I, I was man, I'm going to suffocate if I don't get out of here. And I, I kept trying to stand up, but I couldn't. And I was, I was getting pissed. I was like, man, why why can't I stand up? And I I just I kept trying to stand up and I couldn't. And so finally, I you know I laid there for a second. And as the dust started to to clear a little bit, and I remember the sun was just starting to come up over the horizon, so we had a little bit of light. And I looked down, and my boot was hanging to the right side of my leg. Mm-hmm. and I remember I remember thinking like I I didn't take my boot off why is my boot here because still your mind your mind can't comprehend um, I I guess an injury of that impact it's just it's not natural so you go through all of the reasons of <clears throat> what probably happened mm-hmm. and uh slowly the pain started to set in and the last thing I remember doing was well I stay I was conscious the whole time but I remember vividly looking down and I I saw these two extremely pearly white objects sticking out of my leg and it it was the whitest thing i've ever seen and wow. so you can't equate it to you can't equate it to bone because it, it didn't look like bone it was so white hmm. and then the pain hit me and i i realized right off the bat i had stepped on a uh, anti-personnel ied pulling our uh, interpreter out of a out of a doorway uh, well a compound entrance so wow that uh that basically yeah, that basically started the, um, the downhill of emotions and the pain setting in and the, and the, you know, what am I going to do now? And mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was definitely, um, it was, it, it, it there's no, it, it's very hard to explain it because it, it, it's something so unnatural that you, you, just, you don't, you don't know how to really put it into words. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I remember laying there on the ground and, uh, um, um, there was the IED had uncovered some other pressure plates in the area, and we realized like I had wandered into an IED. I'd wandered basically into a minefield. Wow. Um, so it was hard for um, it, it was hard for our uh, medic to get to me because of the IEDs everywhere. And this is why the the Afghans didn't want to go. Mm. And um, and so I'm laying there, and I remember um, uh, my team sergeant was yelling at me. He's you know Ryan, don't move. And I remember. I mustered up what I could, and I was like, "Where do you think I'm going to go?" <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, that that was kind of funny, but um, that I I do remember that. And uh, but I I laid there, and I remember I I looked back, and I I saw you know guys trying as hard as they could, you know, to safely get to me without creating a mass casualty um incident. Yeah. And I just I I laid my head down, and I and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to die here today. Like th- this is where
0: I die." So you literally thought you were gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. wow yeah I thought uh I thought you know today uh today's the day I'm gonna die wow and I remember you know asking asking for forgiveness you know for you know some of the mistakes that I've made sure and I just laid my head back and said okay um I'm ready mm. and uh, I feel I feel like I let myself down because <clears throat> at that point in time the fight to live it didn't really occur to me I was more comfortable with this is how it ends. And wow. so that's, that, yeah, that's, that, that's one of those things that, you know, I think back on and I try and analyze it. Well, why didn't I try and fight and blah, blah, blah. But I did try and fight yeah. subconsciously. I just, I remember vividly putting my head back and I thought, okay, yeah, this, this, this is it. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. And I made my peace with God and, and then, yeah, it's, and then events, events unfolded the way they did where team got to me and started, uh, started trying to move me out so
0: wow that's awesome that's awesome yeah. so yeah you so um, just real quick before we move forward what happened to the interpreter I mean he was like right there at you know point blank range as well right I mean
1: yeah so so we called him Nick obviously that's not his name his yeah. scan name but um, we, we just called him <laughs> Nick but uh, he had he had taken uh, he had taken some fragment um, he had uh, he had you know he had definitely uh, some, hole, some holes in him but he, he was fine yeah. and um, and so yep I, I I had met him throughout the years in Afghanistan on all my deployments back, but that's uh that's for further on in the conversation.
0: Yeah. 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 So, um, so you guys get to you and, and what happens next? Your team's, you know, obviously coming to get you. <laughs>
1: So, so my team, so my team gets to me and, um, and one guy on my team, um, uh, his name was George and he had actually ran through the IED field and got to me and started cranking down on my tourniquet and, um, and basically, you know, like slapping me, which was really pissing me off, hitting me, (laughs) but because I just, I just want to go to sleep. Just let me go to sleep. He's trying to keep you alert. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah wow. and so they um they had injected me with morphine and then I found out I was allergic to morphine I was like ah oh, crap so I had a uh, I had a little fit lollipop that they gave me to kind of numb the pain up a little bit but I was I, I was in such a panic that I had chewed the fit lollipop up you're not supposed to do that because now you don't get the effects of it mm. and um, so our medic um, when I had the allergic reaction to the morphine basically said I can't give you any more pain meds because I don't know what what it's going to do to you, which is the right call. Yeah. It's absolutely the right call. So I'm laying there and it's the worst pain I've ever been in my life. And I keep looking down and my, my leg is, my leg is at a 90 degree angle, mm. which is not correct. <laughs> And I just, I I just remember thinking like, what, what is going on? I guess like, why? And so slowly but surely shock starts to set in and then I'd get slapped again and then I'd start going back into shock, but they got me bandaged up and, um, we could hear on the ICOM radio, um, the radio that the enemy uses, ICOM, Mm -hmm. um, we could hear him laughing and celebrating. Oh, wow. And I, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that, 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 that really bothered me, which will lead into some of the reasons why I did what I did
0: when I came back. Okay, because I was going to ask about that. When you said that, I'm like, okay, well, uh, how did that spark anything in you? I mean, uh, so like, continue though. Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. Huh. So, so we could hear him laughing but at the same time wow. they were trying to set up an ambush on us. Mm. So, my team had to get me out. We had to get out quick. Um, the medevac helicopter basically said, we, we can't land anywhere near there. There's too many IEDs. You guys are in a bad area. Mm. So, my team had to pick me Up and moved me out six seven hundred meters, and um and it was by fireman's carry, and I'm um I'm two hundred pound guy, so yeah yeah they were um they kept every time they put me down is oh it was so just excruciating pain, but um but we were moving out of the area, and then you know a tens came in and and dropped some bombs and got rid of the threat, but we um they got me on a medevac helicopter, and I was medevac to Taren or we call it TK, Mm -hmm. and so. Got to TK, and I remember um, I had my, what I thought was my lucky Oregon Ducks t-shirt on ah. um, underneath my uniform, and so they got me to TK, and um, right off the helicopter, um, they, they they start cutting my clothes off, and I, I remember I was trying to fight with this nurse, because she was trying to cut off my lucky Oregon's, Oregon Ducks t-shirt, <laughs> and the doctor finally grabbed a hold of me, and he said, have you seen your leg? How lucky is it? And I was oh. like, all right, cut it off. Yeah, But um. But yeah, I remember. Uh, so they got me to TK and um, <clears throat> basically uh, got me back for emergency surgery. And I I remember before I got put under, um, I remember somebody I don't know if it was a nurse, doctor, surgeon, whatever said he's in bad shape. Uh, we need to get moving faster. He's not going to make it. Mm. I don't really know what that meant because I could hear him. So I was like, well, I'm obviously gonna, if I can hear you, I'm fine. Well, minus leg hanging off my body, right? But, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, I couldn't compute what they said. And it wasn't until years later when I actually bumped into one of the nurses that was there when I got medevaced. She told me, she was like, yeah, you were, you were really bad. Mm. I said, oh, well, okay. That's a good deal. Good to know. So, yeah. So it got me back to surgery and, um, and started, you know, basically life-saving, life-saving surgery on me to, um, to, you know, start my transfer from Tarenk to Kandahar to Bagram, then to Germany, then to, you know, back to the States. Mm -hmm. But, um... But when I was in um, when I was in Tarin-Kow, I remember I was there for a few days. And um, after my first couple surgeries, they had they had allowed some of my <clears throat> some of my teammates um, that from different teams to come in and yeah. see me because my team was still on the mission. My team was still mm-hmm. on the mission. It was a couple weeks, so they allowed some some of those guys to come in and see me because the word they got was I was killed in action and so they had a they they had all the guys lined up to receive my body on the airfield and then here I was cussing my brains out and (laughs) yeah and and so yeah they were they were all pretty uh happy but mad about the word that that was um that was relayed to them so but I was yeah I was in there and um my my buddy uh Dino and uh Calvin were in there and Mm. they were talking to me and just trying to comfort me and stuff because I I was, I was going through a rough time, um, really rough time. I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, and I was on a lot of meds. So wow. that, um, you know, obviously, what that does to your mind. Yeah. But um, my my buddy Calvin, his team was getting ready to infill into the same area um, that we had just just a um, just a couple of clicks away. And, uh, and he's like, Hey, um, I, I need to get going, bro, but I'm, I'm going to promise you something. And I like, okay. He said, okay, so we're going to, we're going to kill these fuckers that did this to you. I promise wow. you that. And, and, uh, and he was killed on that mission.
0: Mm, so, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> <Rough clears throat> where's go, your, yeah. Go, but. Yeah. Where's your, uh, mind at? I'm just curious. Cause you know, originally you talked about like there on the battlefield you laid there and you were like, okay, this is it. This is how I'm going out. And now you're finding yourself, you know, in multiple hospitals, you know, drugged up. So I don't know, maybe your thinking wasn't quite all there as far as like, now you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm going to live or, you know, did you still think like, no, this is, you know, like your career's over, um, you know, did it start shifting? Like, no, okay, I'm going to, st- I'm going to mm-hmm. be alive. I'm just, it's just going to be very different or, or what, when did that shift?
1: So as I started to kind of grasp what had happened, and I think it was at Bath when I wasn't, I wasn't completely um, just medicated out of my mind. <clears throat> and that was already, I, I would have to say they probably already did five surgeries on me. Mm. Um, but when I was finally, I went from Tarenkaut to Kandahar, um, so CAF, and then Kandahar to Bagram, Bath. And I remember I was at Bath and they were trying to get me stabilized enough to fly to Germany. But it in 2010, there was a, there was a lot of casualties, <clears throat> a lot of casualties. There was a there's a Canadian Special Forces guy that I actually actually shared, um, you know, uh, he was in the bed next to me mm-hmm. and he had been shot, I, I think, about five times. And he um, on the same day, on the same day as I was, the medevac helicopter dropped me off, flew back out and picked him up. Um but we we were talking you know just just a little bit as much as we could, and, and I don't know if you can call it talk more than just slurring mm-hmm. words, but I remember <clears throat> basp is when I started to realize what had happened to me, and that's when I started to become a victim of um, of life's circumstances. That's when mm-hmm. I started to you know really be really take on that victimization mind role. Why did this happen to me? Why me? why, why you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 the pity party started to sink in. And so, yeah, I would have to say that I knew I was going to live, but I started to, well, that I started to become a
0: victim of, yeah. of circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in a very, that's a very interesting, uh, words that you used right there, the victim mentality, because I feel like a lot of times that's, that's what keeps a lot of people um, from facing the storm, right? It's like this, okay, this is happening to me, not for me, you know, necessarily. This is like, so why is this happening to me? And so it takes us into the road of the cow, right? The path of the way the cow would go, which is to avoid it. Um, And so how did Mm -hmm. you, you know, I think because we all do that, right? And I think, let me just preface here, like the storm can be anything. It, it It may not be an IED that someone steps on. It may be the thoughts inside their head. It may be just something that I don't want to do, right? So I'm going to avoid it. And yep. by avoiding it, it's now plaguing my thoughts of why I didn't do it or it's creating a bigger storm in us because we now have this, you know, uh, habit. We're building this habit of avoiding things in our life. And so when when big tough things do come, when a major storm does happen, we just happen to be in that, that you know, constant barrage of victim mentality of like, okay, I'm just going to avoid this. I'm just not going to lean into this and, you know, whatever. So you know, what, what was it in you that, okay, now you identified this as this, you know, victim, you know, mindset that you were having. So like, where, where did that shift? How did you get out of that? Did you, is that from childhood? Is that something you learned in the military? Um, is that just innate in you? Or it sounds like, I mean, you started having a, those thoughts, but,
1: So I've, I've actually, so growing up, I I transitioned between the cow and the Buffalo quite a bit. I had a pretty, pretty rough upbringing. Um, Great. You know, my dad loving father, but we were just, we we were poor and we'd moved everywhere. And I, and I would take on the victim role of, you know, either I got teased too much. So this is the reason why I am like this to be in the Buffalo. Whereas in like, Hey, it doesn't, it it doesn't matter. um, I'm stronger than this, but I would say a lot in my life, I had, you know, I I would pick and choose when I wanted to be the buffalo, but my inherent nature not nature but my 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 emergency response was to take on the victim role. This happened to me because of this. I'm yeah. this way because of this. Mm. And, um, and so I had lived a lot of my life like that. Um, I really did. And it was very, it was very toxic between two failed marriages and, mm. and just, and just the guy that people were like, man, this, th- this guy is, he, I'll be surprised if he makes it to fill in the blank age. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I'm in the hospital. And um, my dad's there and we're, we're, we're finally in San Antonio and, um, I'm at Brooks army medical center. My dad's there, um, family's there, whatnot. My, my dad, um, I remember when I, um, first day when I finally woke up, came to whatever, um, after one of my 27 surgeries, um, he, he'd walked up to me and he looked at me and he goes, well, you know, I figured something like this would happen. glad you're alive and uh yeah just uh, just get some rest and um you know you you know kind of like the drink water face out and uh, yeah. full security kind of thing when you're injured yeah just get some rest you'll be okay mm. and i remember how nonchalant he was about it mm-hmm. well there there came um there there came a time when finally i i i think it was a couple weeks or i i can't really remember um but um he uh so we were in the hospital room uh you know alone and he said hey i i need to talk to. Okay. And I remember I was on every drug there was. I was on methadone. I was on um, fentanyl. I was just everything you can imagine Mm. to to kill the pain because I was undergoing a, basically a limb reattachment, which is extremely rare but um, so he said he he said you know I know I know you're probably not going to retain much of this but I'm going to say it anyways because now is the perfect time Mm. and he said you he said you've been given an opportunity that most people in life will never get he said you've been given a second chance Wow. he said not a lot of people come back from the injury that you had he's like and most people go their entire lives without ever receiving a second chance Mm. they go through their entire lives never getting to hit That reset button. He's like, You got it. God gave you a reset button. He goes, Let me explain something to you. He said, You can take, you can make your injury you. You can become your injury. You can live the life of Ryan Hendrickson, Green Beret, injured in Afghanistan. That could become you. You can revolve your entire life around this injury and no one's going to blame you. But you're going to be a victim," he said. "I warn you." Or, well, then he said, "Or you can take this opportunity that you've been given. You've been given a second chance." He said, "Yeah, it, it looks dark right now, and it's painful. But this is a chance that that most people do not get." And he said, "You can take this experience, and you can make yourself a better man. Mm. You can get your relationship closer with God. You can you you can figure out what in your life you want to change, and you can change it. You have." that opportunity right now. There are no excuses. You can do that. You can use this injury to make yourself the best man you've ever been, mm. or you can become the victim of this injury. But I warn you, if you let this injury define who you are and you become this injury, you will be miserable the rest of your life and you will constantly be searching for what you are missing in life. He said, and and basically, I mean, after that talk, I came to the realization that as um, is, is weird as is this will probably sound to everybody,
0: but stepping on that IED, it, it saved my life. Yeah, yeah. No, brother, man, that is that is powerful and wise words from your dad. And I was going to say, praise God that you remember that conversation, right, as drugged up as you were. And in the state of mind that you were in, that, that you remembered that. And obviously there's some fire there now, right? There's some fire in your belly or I don't know if it happened right away or when, but talk, walk us through real quick, the transition to where you are today uh, from that laying in that bed. Dad has this powerful, you know, conversation with you has, um, really drops a lot of wisdom on you and and now how it got you to where you are today.
1: So basically the transition that I remember, um, coming to, when I remember going from being, you know, being a Buffalo when I wanted to, but escaping to a cow for comfort. When I, when I became just the Buffalo, when I, when I took control, when I took control of my life again, mm, yeah. um, basically my command sergeant major, uh, Brian Reary, he had come in and, um, and he looked at, you know, as the command does, they come and visit the Wounded guys, and there's a lot of us. <clears throat> but I asked him, I, you know, I I don't know why, because I knew this wasn't something that could happen. But I said, Hey, I want to, I, I want to go back to Afghanistan. You got to send me back to Afghanistan. And, uh, he looked at me and, um, he, and, you know, we, we continued talking and whatnot. But before he left, um, I, I'll never forget, he told me, he said, Ryan, if you can get yourself back together, I will send you back to Afghanistan. Wow. And later, years, years later, um, um, I said did you really mean that he said I did mean it but I didn't think you would ever get back together cuz of your injuries and I was like oh okay well <laughs> but he said yeah and so I had dedicated my my entire rehabilitation and life to and and, and and focus to getting myself back on my feet again learning how to walk again and retu- and returning to Afghanistan um when our next you know our next deployment and I had a um, I had a time Frame in mind, and so I hit the IED on uh, September 12th, 2010, and our next deployment was scheduled for Afghanistan in uh, March of 2012. And so I, I was worried that that was my goal, and I, I, wow. I did. I, I was talked to many times by, um, by medical professionals and whatnot, like, hey, look, we understand the drive, we got it. You got a vision. You need to understand something. Th- this isn't going to happen. You, you need to get expectation management. because because you're going to put yourself in a state of depression. And I understand that thought. I do. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. that shoot for, you know, people that put every single ounce of being they have into doing something that is what is sought by many as impossible. But, you know, I had, um, I had some backing too, obviously my dad and then, um, Johnny Owens, who was my physical therapy, you know, his, yeah, we'll, we'll get you, we'll we'll get you back there, man. And so I just, I dedicated my life in rehab wow to getting myself better and um, slowly but surely I started to regrow my fibula so I had to grow I think it was I, I could be miscued on on the distance but I think it was like two and a half inches of bone mm. um, where they basically where they basically lined up my 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 tib my mm-hmm. tibula and the fibula apparently you don't really need it I, di- I didn't know that but oh, wow. it could just float in my leg yeah. but um, they lined up my tibula and the only way to make bone grow fast is just to pound the crap out of yourself mm. and so I did all the exercises I was always going above it. I remember I would show up to the rehab room with two fitting all lollipops sticking out of my mouth just so I can handle the pain I I'd, I'd, I'd throw up during workouts because I'd get dizzy it yeah. just and people were like he's gonna hurt himself but I had a goal mm. and that goal was to get back to Afghanistan because I had made up my mind that Taliban wasn't gonna beat me you're not mm-hmm. you're not gonna beat me mm. and that's where the laughing over the radio really, really fired me up. And so... Um, I had left Brooks Army Medical Center to head back to 7th Group in November of 2011. Um, Sergeant Major Reary, you know, obviously, I need to make sure you are good. So I went through a very very grueling rehab process there with our, it's a program called the Thor 3. Mm -hmm. And um, when I got cleared, I was cleared to deploy with my team again back to Afghanistan. Wow. And
0: so when did that deployment, was that in that March of 2012?
1: Yeah, that was March of 2012. I, I headed back to Afghanistan and I was thinking, you know, you guys will probably have me at, you know, sitting at desk or something. And this is just a good, good feeling. You know, hey, you did it. Way to go there, wounded guy. You're you're <laughs> real inspiration. But sit here, sit here in the jock. Now, Sergeant Major Reary said he's an 18 Charlie. There's a lot of IEDs in Panjway District, Kandahar, and I need him there. And so oh. I went back and I ended up in one of the most IED areas in Afghanistan for 2012. Wow.
0: Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing story, brother. Wow, man. So listeners right there, I, I hope you guys, you know, just listening to this is really firing you up. Like there, we can allow things to define us. We can get ourselves very quickly into a victim mindset and we can stay there. And I would just use those words that his father, Ryan's father spoke over him and, and whatever area in your life right now that you're feeling like, okay, this storm has got me, um, this storm is getting the best of me, I'd rather, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling like, okay, I, I'm just a victim here or maybe I should just tuck tail and go the other direction. Man, I would use those words of his father. Go back, listen to it, maybe write them down uh, because those were very powerful words that said that, you know what, you can allow this to define you. And, and, and it will be with you the rest of your life or you can fight back. And I think that is that is the story of just facing the storm is the buffalo, when he goes into the storm, listeners, he's he's not exempt from stuff happening to him. He's not exempt from the hail that's going to fall down. He's not exempt from the rain, the wind, the the, the craziness of the thing, you know, maybe sticks are flying in the midst of the storm, depending on what it is, right? That They're not exempt from it. But if he continues to press forward, if the buffalo continues to press forward with his herd, with his group, with his, with his tribe, right? So you have to have a tribe. You have to have a community. You have to have a herd that you're pressing forward in, in this storm. And I love that because Ryan wasn't alone. He had people in his corner. He had his herd. And he continued to fight back people on his side, encouraging him the entire way. And um, before we get out of here, though, I, Ryan, I would love for you, Ryan just released a book this, this month, July. We're recording this in July. And uh, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about that book. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it is about your story that we just heard. But maybe just if you don't mind talking about that a little bit, because um, I cannot wait to get a copy myself. So, uh, do do you mind sharing a little bit about the book?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um so my my book Tip of the Spear, it's um uh, it, basically the reason why I wrote it was it, it it didn't start off as a book. Um you know, just just like you said, even when you're charging into the storm, you're not exempt from hail hitting you and whatnot. I went I went through some dark days. Um mm-hmm. I re- redeployed back to Afghanistan 2016, 17, 18, and 19 and I'm here again, but I went through some dark times. And I was recommended by a chaplain. He said, why, why don't you try writing out these feelings? Why don't you try writing everything out? And so on our 2017 deployment, I just started typing. And whenever I had free time, it was just pouring out of me, just, just pages after pages. Wow! And next thing I knew, I mean, I was just, I, I was feeling relieved because I was getting all of this out, but it just wasn't talking. It just wasn't thin air. It was actually a tangible item that I could look at. And um, and so I, I, I started reading back through everything and I was like, I know I'm not alone on this and I had a couple a couple close friends tell me, man, this this could really reach some people so um, through some trial and error, but I, I finally I, I got in touch with some people that read it and they said we we really we really want this story and it's a story of victimization. <clears throat> and I think it's very important today um, because my story isn't a finger pointer or it's not a a self-help book. My story shows that this is what a normal human being, myself, this is what I've battled with, I still battle with, this is what I and this is what a normal human being who makes up their mind not to be a victim, who wants to take control of their life as a normal human being. Um then and, and and this is how I did it, refusing to become a victim of life circumstances. Yeah. And I believe that that is so important today because we, uh, we, have, we have grasped the victim mentality in our country like, like, like I've never seen before. Mm. And I, I really believe if people were to take their lives back, refuse to become victim, bad things happen in life. That's life. Life isn't always nice. People need to understand. I mean, I, I'm not going to quote, you know, Rocky, but life will beat you down. <laughs> it will and yeah. he, and he's absolutely right yeah absolutely right but it's refusing to become a victim of of of, of those crappy circumstances yeah um that, that that's what that, that's what's gonna make or break your life and that's what the book's about and i go through my struggles as a normal yeah. human being i'm no big i'm no big name nobody i'm just a normal kid out of oregon yeah but if i can do it And I still struggle because I get hit with hail. But if I can do it, I mean, anybody can use that just refusing to become a victim. Take control Mm. of your life. It's your life. Victim is a a choice. Victimization is a choice. It's not something that you can't control. You can control it.
0: So good. So good. And, you know, just a couple of things that you hit on you know as you're just a normal kid right if you can do this anybody can do this and when you said that the words of a good friend of mine Chad Wright he's a former Navy SEAL he says everybody likes to lift the Navy SEALs up as as big these big bad dudes and they do do some pretty amazing things he said but the thing is is we're all mm-hmm. made from the same stuff we're all made from the same yep. stuff he said so if if you know if i can do it you can do it right and it's just a matter of yep. setting in our minds that we want to do it and And I I want to uh, kind of close here a little bit with a quote from your book that I found that I love. And it says, when it came to the life I wanted to have and the setbacks I'd suffered along the way, I still had some unfinished business to take care of. And I love that because, you know, listeners, we have some unfinished business to do. And by avoiding our storms, by avoiding the things, having the conversation with your, with your friend that you need to have, having the conversation with your, your boss or your coworker or your wife or whomever it may be, by avoiding those situations, those storms, you're not finishing the business that you have to take care of. And so Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, um, from Afghanistan. I know it's late back there for you. And so I just wanted to say mm-hmm. thank you for coming onto the show recording, uh, to share your story, your amazing story of, of will and grit and really the determination to face the storm and to continue to face the storm. Cause your book, I know, I believe will, uh, will help many people because we all have the same thoughts, uh, struggles of can I do it? Am I enough? And all these things. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, is just as your, that quote says, you still have some unfinished business. And when we set that, that course ahead, like, hey, I'm going to go finish this business. I'm going to go finish the job that I have to do. We will face the storms. So, thank you so much, Ryan, for um, this man, opportunity.
1: I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I really appreciate the message you guys are sending. I do.
0: Yeah, man. I
1: really awesome. appreciate it. You guys are you guys are doing some good work, and it definitely, it, America needs to hear this. The, uh, not me, but the message you guys yes. send out there.
0: Um, Amen, they, they they need to hear it because it's coming from normal guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, listeners, definitely tune into his world I'm going to have the link to the book in the show notes I'm going to have um, his Instagram handle in the show notes as well and lean into him reach out to him I mean he's you can just hear he's got a lot of wisdom in him he's got a lot of experience and uh, reach out if you have any questions reach out to myself or reach out to Ryan I know he'd love to help you as well and with that uh, thank you again Ryan really appreciate it brother all right thank you very much I appreciate it Hey, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a huge favor and head on over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. That will definitely help us get this message out to more people. Also, if you haven't done so already, let's connect. You can connect with me on my website, timdouglasinspires.com, and or on the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let me know that you listened to the podcast, and that's how you found me. Lastly, stay tuned for more to come, and I definitely want to thank you again for subscribing, for sharing this with your friends, leaving a review, all that good fun stuff. So until next time, go out there, face your storms, make your difference in the world, and we'll see you next time on the Inspired Way Podcast. Thank you.